It's the B-List Daily on the new 105.5 Sports. Check out the video feed at facebook.com slash Main. If you're watching on the video feed, you'll see that we have Pat Cosker here with us in studio, as he will be every Wednesday while I fill in for Maddie until uh, about mid-February. And the squash season going to kick back up in early January. The Bates team will be on the road for quite a bit in January after a home match with Wesleyan. But obviously... Coach, uh, you, are you itching to return to the courts? You're yeah. going to enjoy your uh, little time here. Yeah, I've been catching up on my sleep, Aaron. Yeah, Definitely. you catch up on your yeah. sleep a little <laughs> catching bit. Catching up on my sleep, loading up on sleep for January, too. <laughs> no, I just got back from the, uh, a big event down at Andover School and, and Harvard, the U.S. Junior Open, which is the largest squash, largest junior squash tournament in the world. Okay. Um, there were about 900 players, which is incredible. Um, so that was fun. It's always a grind, but um, do you, it's good do you already know play. who you want to look for? Have yes, you, no. Is there a yeah. place that you can find so and so's been winning these tournaments along the way? So there yes. is information out there for you. Yes, there are websites. There's um, so U.S. Squash has a really robust website that that um, that ranks players and has ratings and individual rankings and ratings and all that. Um, Which can play with people's minds sometimes. Exactly, the numbers yeah. you know sometimes lie, but. Um, and then internationally, there are rankings. You know, there's European Squash Federation and Egyptian Squash Federation, and all that. So they wow. they have individual rankings in their countries, and then individual rankings in their in their uh, regions of the world. So, uh, so the U.S. Junior Open brings together all of those players, which is really really cool. I mean, it's such a cool atmosphere, and um, to have it, it was between Brooks School, uh, Phillips. Uh, Phillips Academy in Andover, and then Harvard University. So those obviously are just really great places to be. And not too far from me, selfishly, this tournament a lot of times is down in Connecticut, and it's been in New Jersey, it's been in D.C. or whatever, So or Philly. So it's nice to be able to be relatively close to home and shoot back and forth. But um, but it's also, I, I want to mention also that we have, uh, Bates Squash has about a handful or maybe half dozen alums that are out there coaching juniors as well. So it's really... Um, a source of pride to see some of my former players and, and players that have come through here um, out there coaching the next generation of juniors. Um, Ahmed Hatada was down there oh, reconnected. Nice. He says hello. Aaron. Oh, Ahmed says hello. Um, is says he hello. coaching? He is coaching. Oh. He's coaching in Boston. Nice. So, um, so he's doing his thing. Miriam Kelly, who I don't, I think was before my graduated right before yeah. you came in. Yeah. Um, Jackson Marvel, who was a teammate of mine back in 95, graduated in 95. He's coaching at Hachu School out in Connecticut. Yep. Bobby Burns, um, I don't think you know him either, Aaron, but he graduated in 2012. He's down okay. in Brooklyn. Yep. Um, I'm missing Nesreen Arifin, who graduated in 15. She's in Boston as well. So it's just great to see nice. you know, our former players and reconnect with them and see them doing re really well as productive members of society. A lot of them getting involved in coaching, it sounds like. Yes, at a young they're age, all coaching. Kind of. yeah, 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 right out of Bates a lot of yeah. times. I mean, it, it sort of lends itself. It's, it's um, yeah, something they do well. You know, They come here as good squash players. They, they have had their own experiences and their own coaching, um, You know, have good experiences in squash here. And then it's it's sort of an easy way to transition into into adulthood, I suppose, as opposed to just going into the business world or going to a nine to five. It, you know, coaching. Um, I don't want to say it's easy because it's not easy, but um, easier maybe than you know the nine to five grind. Well, and, it's something you're already familiar with in right. terms of and the, the game. Exactly, yeah. and they're something young. You enjoy. And exactly, they they love it. They're young. They're they're. They have energy. They they have the ability. You know, go for it while you're once young. Once it gets right? in your blood, look out. Right, right. And once you get to be a little bit older, it's harder to do that. Coach, yeah. do you have? Um, I'm, I'm just visualizing a 
I, I never coached squash. I coached a lot of other things, but that's one I never did. Um, I played, and played yeah. racquetball and whatever, but uh, of course, originally we called it paddle ball because it was right. a paddle, and boy, yeah. well, you got hit with it. Yeah, yeah it's it black and blue. Sure. Um, do you have a, a time when you're in practice and you say, look, I'm, in our matches lately, we're being hurt by the, the shot down the mm -hmm. wall, so this is what we're going to work on today yep. to combat that. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, we, we have film, um, our camera, our, we have a camera system that records everything that happens in our building. Um, during practice, we have challenge matches that, that um, maybe make up our roster, sort of like a, like in wrestling or in tennis where you have ladder matches in practice. And, um, and so uh, during competition, yes, I mean, there are a lot of times where we are, we, are, we have a weakness, we show a weakness in, in one area of the game, or maybe it's fitness, or maybe it's a mental lapses, or... Um, and so we'll work on that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's one of the purposes of practice. I think one of the other purposes is to maintain our fitness because squash is a really high endurance type of game. And, um, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to play good squash when you're not in shape. And so the fitness and just endurance is, is just part of the whole experience of playing squash and particularly hard for college age students to do because there are other stresses in their lives. You know, sure. they're they're. they're Common serves pizza at every meal, you know, and they're they're not sleeping. That there eight, is right. <laughs> and ice, ice cream cones, right? You know, I yeah. mean, there's ice cream, and they're not sleeping eight hours a night, and they're you know there's parties on the weekends, and you know, and so it's it's hard for you know I'm I'm the squash coach to say hey take care of yourselves, right? It's everything around them is saying this is hard to take care of yourself. So is there uh, are there sports specific exercises and lifting and whatever that would be conducive to squash yes yeah in the fall generally build strength you know and and so before the season starts you're, you're just working on you know maybe maybe it's just a general lifting plan um, so bench press yeah i mean the bench press legs wrists. legs are really important yeah. you know the quads and, yeah. and flexibility hamstrings and um you know just strengthening your legs the the, the load-bearing Muscles and squash are your quads and, and your glutes and your you, just your legs sort of take a lot of uh, a lot of weight, um, you know, and it's tough on your knees, tough on your ankles, tough on your feet. So, um, so there is a lot of stre uh, of lifting off season, and then when we get closer to the season, it's more um, it's maybe more plyometric cardio, mm -hmm. um, you know, endurance type training, stamina. Um, and then we'll get into the squash. We'll, we'll start to sort of get the racket back in our hands and, and work on squash as we get closer to the season. And then beginning of the season is regaining the fundamentals of squash, which, which are you know, kind of hitting the ball straight and hitting the ball down the wall and drop shots and volleys and um, sort of a, and to compare it on a loose basis to, to tennis. You know, it's just sort of getting more comfortable with the racket again. And then when we're in this time of year or maybe – in two weeks from now in January and we're playing matches, it's more just maintaining that all. And then getting to the, to your point of like, what did we do well yesterday? What did we not do well yesterday in our match? Just the same way that the basketball team or the sure. baseball team or the soccer team evaluates their performance from last night. We do the same thing. You mentioned uh, the cameras you have set up yeah. there. Um, I, I swear the bait squash center has more cameras than like a bank. <laughs> There's a lot. And, and Greg Bourne does a lot of that, right? Yes. Now, tell us about his role with the program. As one of so these. Greg, yeah. Greg, um, Greg has been around Maine. Uh, he, he's an interesting, uh, interesting personality. He started, um, if, and Greg will be listening at some point. He, <laughs> he, he started as a table tennis player, I think. Okay. 
Um, and then he started the league in Portland, I guess, or the, the, the Table Tennis Association in Portland. Then um, his two boys both went to Bates. He has a, a son named Eric and then a son named David. David graduated in 2013 and played squash for me. And at the time, way back in maybe 2008, 2009, 2010, there really wasn't a robust squash community in Maine. There was the YMCA in Portland, and, and they had some players. Um, Greg really was instrumental in growing that base of players. Um, and then his son David sort of tagged along and started this game and was, for all intents and purposes, self-taught. Um, and then starts at Bates in 2009 and um, – he said, wow, great, this is a good team, and we have good players here and a coach who, who is committed, and, like, I'm just going to go for it. And David is um, he's a really bright bright young man, but he's also really hardworking, and so he just really took to the whole program and um, really made himself into a, into a starter, um, which is a, a story that all coaches really kind of want in their programs. Yeah. But, um, so, so as it, getting back to – so David really proved himself, and Greg really just – said, wow, this, this, this program here is amazing and I just need to sort of be more involved. And um, so in the process has been instrumental in, um, in starting Portland Community Squash, which is a uh, sort of a, um, a community-based organization, but it's also uh, a club and it's also an after-school program that helps juniors, um, helps some of the, the refugee and immigrant population in Portland, and then also uh, adults like myself play squash on – you know, during the week and on weekends and, and have a community to kind of go to and hang out and play squash. So um, Greg is a co-founder of Portland Community Squash. And so we partner with them um, in his spare time, I suppose. He's one of my assistant coaches who <laughs> helps with the tech side of things. And so yeah. Greg is Greg and I like to kind of think about what we can do more um, and, and in our in our facility that we're given, but also just sort of how we help the game and, and the cameras and audio and visual. That's sort of that's one of the areas that I think squash is, you know, we can get better at. For sure. How about, Coach, how about, um, I, I always like to liken it to ice hockey. Coaching youth ice hockey, <laughs> they have some tremendous uh, um, teaching tools that they put together. Mm. Better than any sport I've ever been involved in. Uh, and they spend a tremendous amount of time team building. Yeah. And my example is, you know, put the top on the ground, put 20 people on it, say so you got to turn yeah. the top over without stepping right, off the top. Right, right. And so you <laughs> right. you, you, you develop yeah. leaders because somebody, everybody's yelling and screaming. Eventually, yeah. somebody steps up and yeah. and eventually they learn that you got to all come over to this side and tip it and then, you know, yeah. and so on. Things like that. What yeah. are things like that that, you're allowed, that you can do? Sure. So we're able to, being a winter sport, we're able to take some time in the fall to, um, to sort of get to know each other. Um, the recruiting, as we alluded to earlier, the recruiting is a huge part of what I'm doing and a huge part of what we're doing. But um, And so I'm looking for players that want to sort of buy into what I'm doing and what we're doing already. Um, but with that said, students arrive on campus and everything's new and everything's different. And when we have such a diverse group from around the world and around the country that it takes some time to, to kind of, you know, get into each other and get, get into what we're doing here at Bates. So um, so fortunately, we're able to spend some time in the fall. I we don't we don't use the the parachute or the tarp and all that, but we definitely you know there's there's apple picking and there's um, you know there's volunteering and um, you know there are all sorts of things that we do in the fall. We sometimes will come over to the house and have a barbecue and just sort of sit and talk. And um, we 
Celine's probably listening. There, there are definitely things that we cannot do, right? And yeah. we can't, you all know, meet rules. mandatorily yeah. in the fall and all that stuff. But, um, but there is time for them to get to know each other, for us to get to know them, and then for and then leaders emerge, you know, organically and just the way it is. I mean, there there are some kids that have been playing squash for longer, and so they emerge that way. There are others that, you know, were captains of their soccer teams or or lacrosse teams in high school and and squash is new to them but they know how to lead groups and they know how to lead young people and inspire each other and um you know i also say openly and honestly that they're they're, they get to socialize together in the fall because you know we don't have the the stringent rules of you know alcohol use and all that stuff in the winter and so in the fall they're able to sort of relax and they they practice and they train together but it's not you know, it's not me every day saying, hey, you know, how are you feeling today? And what did you do last night and all that stuff? So they're able to be with each other. And that, I would say, is sort of the secret of the whole thing is that this is their experience. I said this last week. This is their experience. This is not me telling them what to do all the time. They, they get out what they put in. And, um, and a lot of that is sort of fostered organically in the fall. You know, they, they realize those roles in the fall. You, you uh, like every college coach, recruit. And in squash, do you have many walk-ons that actually end up making a difference with your program? Yes and no. We um, recently we've been in a situation where our numbers have been low, and so we've been forced, you know, frankly, just forced to bring in students that that I didn't necessarily recruit, or students that maybe aren't at our level that uh, you know when they got here, or um, you know weren't on the radar until they got here. Uh, so. I think we've done a good job of, of bringing in the right type of students to walk on and helping them get better so that they're able to compete and play. Um, it's not ideal, and I don't think any coach, especially at our level of Division three and where we are with squash being you know, top 15 or 20 in the country and we try and be top five in Division three and top two in our conference every year, it's not, you know, I don't look forward to walk-ons. I don't look for walk-ons. I want recruited kids, yeah. but... Um, but recently we have been in a situation where we've had to bring in, a, a, you know, maybe one or two every year that play at the bottom of the ladder. And um, Bates kids are great kids. And so, you know, they get it. We have a lot of conversation beforehand. This is the expectation. This is who we are. This is who you are. Do you really want to do this? This is sort of an all in type of thing for three or four or five months in the winter. Yes or no. And um, when they say yes, they kind of sign up to the to the organized chaos, so to speak. And. Um, you know, it happens and it's been great. You know, we, we, we've, uh, I, personally, I've been able to meet students that I, that I didn't plan on meeting, you know, and that's cool. That's, a, that's always a lot of fun for me. One thing at Bates, um, we don't necessarily talk about the people coming into the program until they're actually like enrolled right. here and on the court and everything. But I did see the ED1 right. was the other day and there were some tweets being sent out like someone says going to Bates to do this tweets. or that. Yes. Yeah. And so yes. I'm like, oh, that's that's nice. But I don't I don't know much about it. But how did the latest oh, recruiting cycle go yeah. for you? And just yeah. kind of in general. Well, how much time do we know? We, um, <laughs> it's it's always a, it's a challenge. You know, it's always a challenge. Squash is a is sort of a it's a unique situation i mean we're recruiting around the world and um this is not and i don't it's not easy for anyone but you know if if i had six kids that were from down the road that didn't need a lot of financial aid and all i mean they would just be a lot easier but um but that's not the nature of squash and so there's you know that we have we we recruit from a lot of different demographics which some are you know check boxes for bates college and others are not and so um, so it's a, it's challenging, but we um, 
you know, I think we're, we're moving in the right direction. We're trying really hard. Jason has, has tried his best to give us all support, you know, squash and, and coaches. And um, it's always a little bit of a dance between admissions and, and athletics and advancement and, and the individual coaches. We're all sort of moving in different directions. I mean, as we, we talked about last week, I think we, you know, we have a lot of newness at Bates. We have a new football coach. We have a new soccer coach. We, we have programs that are doing well. We have some programs that need work. And so, um, so the dance is to try and help everyone all at the same time. And, um, you know, while maintaining the teams that have been successful and competitive. Uh, so I'm happy we have, we have a couple, um, I don't want to talk specifics, but we have right. a couple men right now that are, that are, um, that are coming in or at least looks like they're coming in yeah. and then probably three or four women at this point. And then, um, ED two early decision two is right around the corner. That's January 1st deadline. So, um, that was part of the, the reason why I was down in Boston this past yeah. weekend was kind of trying to pick up last minute uh, recruits for early decision two and regular because what happens for us on our level is that some students don't get into their first choice, which is usually an Ivy League school or a school like Amherst or Middlebury or Williams or or Bowdoin sometimes. And so they say, well, you know, I met you last year. I came to Bates. It was always my second choice. Is there a spot for me still? And, um, you know, so that begins the conversation on my end with, with Jason and with admissions that, you know, how much do we have left and where right. can we go from here? So I, I thought I read somewhere a year ago that there was a lot of talk about doing away with early decision, mm. um, not at Bates specifically, mm. in general. No? I don't know. I know when I was applying for school, I didn't like the concept of early decision because yeah. I did not want to be boxed in. Because, like, <laughs> you know, like, right? I wanted to be able to, like, sit around and think about it for a while, right? Because if you, you you know, you, I, didn't know, I didn't know about ED1 I, versus ED2. I just knew about it as early decision. I think that's more be your more your personality than anything, Aaron. I, I think those of us <laughs> that know you, like I think, to know as soon as I they think can. that's maybe you than everyone else. Well, I In my world, it's like, Tell yeah. me now and, and, right. and get out of my face, right. right? So so for me, I mean, I applied early decision to Bates. And, okay, yeah. And so knowing on December 10th or whatever day it was that I was going to Bates College uh, from Westfield, New Jersey, and I got my sweatshirt and I put it on at school, and in my mind and physically, like, that was it, right? I was I was sort of, I'm not going to say, but done with high school because I wasn't. But, no, I, yeah. but I was done with my senior year on December 15th, right. and the teachers knew, and the guidance counselors knew, and the coaches knew, and everyone was like, I, okay. I went to one of those myself right? with my daughter, yeah. Right, and so <laughs> I think that's sort of a, you know, it's good and bad, right? Um, it also, I, in, in a, for us, with squash, and, and this is maybe where I was talking about before, is it, then that student begins to prepare. Yeah. Right, right now, this week, that student who is coming to Bates next year to play squash yeah. or play soccer or whatever, is starts communicating with coach at home, with mom, dad, with private coach, with maybe the coach up here, and saying, "Hey, what do you think I need?" Right? We have eight months, we have nine months until I arrive on campus. What do you think I need? And yeah. um, and that's valuable. I will say that that's valuable. Again, within the spirit of what we can do, you know, for with with high school students. I mean, that there is. There is a learning curve that has to happen between high school and college in any sport with any new coach, with any new environment. And so the more time we have to prepare for that, I think, is is good. Um, and a lot of our students, particularly with squash, um, it's sort of a it's a it's a high stress environment. Um, we're dealing with New York City and Philadelphia and Connecticut. And, and you know, it's sort of a doggy dog world out there. And so when the kid can go back into school on Monday saying, hey, I got into Bates College and I'm I'm going there, 
it's a source of pride for them, but it's also like, okay, you know, this is a step up from where I am and I need to start working now on, on how I'm going to get there and do well when I'm there. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I, it never even occurred to me to apply. Other <laughs> I, well, that's the beauty of Aaron. I want that's to apply. I want to apply to a bunch of schools. And, well, not I accidentally applied to four, but I want to apply to multiple schools and then make a decision yeah. after that, not having to be boxed into one choice. I say but, the other thing with yeah. with us, and and maybe we could talk about something else because it's stressing me out too. Oh, sorry, but no, it's, <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, with us, you know, there are students from around the world that that want to know where they're going, and and yeah. we're able to we're able to offer financial aid and, and spots to some, some right. real kids that wouldn't normally be able to come to college maybe in, yeah. in many cases. And so, and then especially with the squash level and, and playing squash at Bates, I mean, there's some, there, not every student can come to Bates and play squash. And so, um, so some of those students are like, they're, they're pinpoint, like coaches is going to work. Right. Coach, can I do this? Like, yeah. tell me yes or no, you know, give me the time. Give me the deadline. When do I hear? You know, they're they're by the hour. Yeah, you would have hated someone like me. Probably. Yeah. So, so <laughs> in my world as a as an OCD and or attentive coach, it sort of works. You know, ED one, and then also for Bates College. I mean, let's be honest. Bates needs to sort start preparing for students. You know, we need to know yeah. how many beds we have available and how many. You know, we don't have we have a finite amount of financial aid, and so we can't just right. you know wait until next June to figure out who's coming and how much they cost and all that stuff. So, sure. yeah. so we you know we we all kind of need to prepare and plan accordingly. Um, and athletically, I think you know, not speaking for Jason, but he you know he he wants to know too. You know yeah. what what coaches are doing and who's coming in and how much you know what what are the roster sizes going to look like? How many kids are coming in for football? How many kids are coming in for soccer? What what is track doing? Right. Um, you know, so it sort of behooves, and and it's sort of an SCAC thing too. But it, it sort of behooves itself to just kind of plan yeah. in that way. And sure. you're just you're just unique, Aaron. That's all. <laughs> you're unique. I spent all of March in my senior year of high school there you go. wearing a you Syracuse shirt because I thought I was going to Syracuse. Right, the and Bob then, Costas. And then uh, right, uh, he quit after one year. Yes, but yeah. the no, true, he got a, I think he got a contract. Didn't they? Buy yeah, him no, out? he didn't quit. He yeah. like got. Signed yeah, they signed him yeah. out of, out of Ridiculous. Out of I, know. <laughs> I know, it's great. But then I got to Northwestern in April. I was like, oh, uh, hey, mom and dad, I want to visit both schools again. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Right. Uh, oh, so. and you, so you got in the car and you drove from Seattle to, uh, to no. Evanston, Illinois, we and flew. there you were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I actually took the train when I actually got first to go to college, like in the fall when I actually decided I'm going to Northwestern and took a train to college. From Seattle? Yeah. No Empire way. Empire Builder. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So I've taken the train and, from Chicago to Boston. And I found out on the train, um, I, someone, I found out on the train, like, it was back before, like, smartphones, but someone <laughs> called me and said, like, hey, your school just lost New Hampshire in football. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? Like? <laughs> and then you got there and then went to the Rose Bowl, right? Um, not when I was there. No, no. I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just I'm kidding. Alamo Bowl <laughs> and Outback Bowl my junior and senior years. Yeah. And we were better than Syracuse all four years, so right. that's there all that matters. Go. There so. you go. There you go. Plus, your color's purple, which is better than orange anyway. So I would, I would, I would agree with yes, that. Yeah, but color of royalty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were at Northwestern I as was. a coach, right? I was, yes. Yeah. yeah, it was a good time. Good time. I lived in Chicago, and I would take the purple line up to Evanston. We'd practice. I was the, so the squash team at the time was club, or they still are club, actually. Right. And we would practice three times a week from 8.30 to 11 o'clock at night. And we'd share... Um, we'd share court space, court time with the Kellogg, well, the Kellogg kids, not the Kellogg, the, oh. the grad school yeah. guys. 
um, from ele- from 8.30 to 11, and then I'd go out with the team and get some buffalo wings and then get on the purple line and go back to the north side. It was great. Yeah. The best of the, <laughs> yeah, it was 20. I just graduated from Bates. It was great. Yeah. Fun times. But where, where are all those courts there? They're in the, um, what's it called? The uh, SPAC? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, which is where next to where the new building is oh, now. Yeah. Right? Which connect, I need to it's visit. By now. The way. It's incredible. I was yeah. there a couple months ago. It's yeah. incredible. <laughs> yeah, that the president uh, he knows about squash. They so well, he's a, at Williams. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so there's a the, so there's a um there's an urban squash program um called Metro Squash, mm-hmm. which was on the south or southwest side of Chicago that just expanded up to Evanston. Okay. And so they're they're partnering with Northwestern to use some um some volunteers, but they play out of the YMCA okay. in Evanston. So, yeah. anyway, great time. All great sorts place. of connections yes. everywhere. Well, yes. Coach, we got about two minutes left. So, wow. any other thoughts on the upcoming January schedule for your team? Are you ready for it? I'm ready. That's, yes. Yeah. No, it'll be, it'll, it, we're going to be on the road. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we're eight, nine weekends. Um, it, it's going to be a grind, no question. I think that we, we get the women get a couple starters back. Um, right. We have Tiffany Cervantes coming back and Katie Monternak's coming back. Um, and I'm sure they're all working really hard right now at home. Or they should be. On the courts. <laughs> and, you know, they're not, hint, hint. They're not yeah. skiing. They're not on the beach. They're not eating a lot of Christmas turkey or ham. Um, I'm sure they're, they're working really hard um, because when we come back, we have an important match against Wesleyan, which is senior day. Uh, we graduate four senior women and two senior men that have been really influential to our program and our success over these past four years, um, which will be sad to see them go. But um, And then after that Wesleyan match, we go out to Williams and Middlebury, which is, as I said last week, arguably our, our toughest weekend. Um, it's sort of how we judge, each, you know, judge ourselves. Um, we're all sort of jockey for second, third, and fourth in our conference behind Trinity. So... Um, so we'll see, but but I'm I'm looking forward to the to January. It has been nice to catch up with my family and sleep a little bit, but right. it's also will be nice to get <laughs> back to to squash. 